Hi, I'm Ben. I'm Corin. And I'm Jordan. And we want to welcome you to our podcast, Society Reborn. Uh, we'll start bringing on guests every now and then uh, to cover just other topics in general in society that we've seen inconsistencies across the board, uh, whether that's something in regards to mental health in men and just in society in general, or whether that is standards for relationships and what people are expecting when they're going into a relationship during each episode we will also be trying a beer during the episode and so throughout the entire episode we are going to be telling you our thoughts and opinions on that beer from anywhere from flavor to just general overall taste and if we enjoy that beer or not while listening to these podcasts if you have any if you're going through anything or just really struggling with anything feel free to reach out to us we have our email address is society reborn 2020 at gmail.com now you can reach out to us whether it's you're struggling with something and you just want advice or if you have a beer that you want us to try or a whiskey you want us to try feel free to reach out to us with ideas um, for future episode topics as well now let's get into this week's episode of society reborn all right so on this week's episode of society reborn we are drinking the strawberry milkshake ipa from dangerous man which is a brewery uh located here in minneapolis uh this is a ipa obviously from the name uh the ibu on this is 70 um and the abv is 7.0 so we will see how this goes what do you guys think i know you guys like ipas so yeah so one of the first things i noticed right off the top um you definitely get that really hoppy smell um, that classic IPA smell, really, what I kind of generally assume that it's going to have. Um, first taste, I like it. Um, you get that free of the strawberry right up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you let it sit for a bit, that aftertaste gives you that very like milkshakey feel slash taste. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe almost like a little bit of vanilla or something on the back end there. I'm not sure if that's what it is or something. Surprisingly, it doesn't it it doesn't taste very hoppy for how hoppy it smells. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. it's got more of a kind of like tart, almost like a sour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. The other yeah. thing that I noticed about it as soon as we poured it out, um, it's very very hazy. Um, mm-hmm. Like you you can't really see through it at all. And most IPAs I'm kind of used to, you know, at least they're a little bit more clear. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's a very thick IPA, but I like it. Yeah, um, yeah. honestly, it's actually really good. Um, I was a little worried after I smelled it, and I was like, ah, crap, here comes all the hops, and it's going to suck. Uh, but yeah, it's actually really, really good, uh, really smooth. But yeah, you're uh, you're right, Corn, with the after, like little bit of the later taste is vanilla. Uh, mm-hmm. There is vanilla in the, in the beer as well. Yeah, and I'm curious. Um, obviously, the last time, the only other time we had an IPA so far on the podcast um, did not turn out well once it warmed up at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had an IPA just separately at one point, um, and it had some vanilla in it. And actually, as it warmed up, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that vanilla kind of gave it some similar characteristics to some of the stouts like that we've had. Whereas it warmed up, it's not really that bad. And I'm curious how this one reacts then if it does change a little bit. Um, it'll right. change for sure, being an IPA. Um, mm-hmm. But if it's maybe not as bad as you would normally expect from an IPA as it warms up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, all in all, it's solid so far, um, which I'm actually excited for because we have quite a few more from Dangerous Man that we're actually going to be drinking uh, later on. 
Uh, our topic this week, we're actually going to dive into uh, work-life balance um, and kind of how you navigate that in the w- professional world. Um, and even like, we'll talk about our own struggles with that as well. Um, but I want to start off first. So there's an article I read. Um, and in the article, it talked about, uh, so there's 60 of the people that were interviewed or surveyed for this article. Uh, 60% of Americans have a hard time maintaining a good work-life balance. So I want to, just off of that alone, ask both of you guys, is a work-life balance something that you currently struggle with or have struggled with in the past? Uh, I would say if you had asked me six months to a year ago, no, it's not something I struggle with. Um it's something that's starting to creep up a bit more that definitely starting to realize that that's something I struggle with. And I'm not sure if it's something that it's, I don't think it's that I didn't struggle with it in the past. It's just that I didn't really recognize it or care. Mm -hmm. And now I care a little bit more. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, I, this, for me, I would say this is something that, um, I'm learning to get better at. It's definitely been a struggle for me in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, and, just something as simple as, as recognizing that, you know, you have to make a choice to like take time off. You have to choose to prioritize things because mm-hmm. eventually I think everybody gets to a point where um, just the, the amount of responsibility and things in their life fills up all the available time that they have. So yep. you, you, mm-hmm. you, it has to be a choice at some point what you're going to prioritize and what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, I mean, I when I first moved up to the cities after graduating college, um, the first job I had was door-to-door sales, um, as I've said before. But that was where I had like zero work-life balance. My life was literally my work. Um, I was working 60 to 70 hours easily a week. Um, just grinding to try to make more and more money, uh, thinking that would like bring about happiness or whatever, but obviously it didn't. Um, and so, like, I left there to go take a job in retail, which I was still working a lot of hours, but I still had, like, two days I'd guaranteed have off, um, which is a big deal for me instead of having to work seven days a week um, or six days a week. Um, but I'm just going to read through these other, like, statistics here um, that were in this article, and then if there's stuff that jumps out, let's just dive into it. Otherwise, if you guys have another way you want to take it, let's go for it. Um, so the second one in here said 46% say they never have time to relax. 33% work too hard. 38% say they work too many hours. Uh, one in seven suffer pressure from coworkers to work more, um, hours. 25% endure constant pressure from their boss, uh, 60% 60% say there's not enough hours in a day to get their tasks done that they need. Um, and then, yeah, just like getting, uh, yeah, like that was the, like the big one. And then the other two were um, on a scale of one to 10, what was your stress level at work? And the average for that was like 6.3 in the article. Um, and it was ironic because in the average stress on a scale of one to 10, um, for stress at home, the average answer on that was a five, which was pretty striking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, so I mean, are there any of those you guys like really want to hit on now? Well, what can you? Why was that stress level indicator striking to you? So for me, a lot of it was when I'm at work, my stress level. I honestly think sometimes could get up to like probably like a seven or an eight. Um, and it's not because what I'm doing is necessarily hard. It's because I'm overthinking a lot of things. Or I'm getting frustrated with uh, coworkers. Um, so it's not like the actual job itself that is stressful. It's just my reaction to what's going on at the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I'm at home, my stress level is like maximum of three. Like I'm almost never stressed about anything really. Um, and so for me, I'm wondering if that number, if 6.3 is honestly low for what typical people's stress levels at work. And if it's, if people are viewing it as a 6.3, because they're still really stressed at home because of their work. So if actually their home stress level is only maybe a three, but they're rating it a five because they're still thinking about all the things they have not gotten done at work yet, and that stresses them out. When they're at work, they're just like, oh, I'm already stressed about these things. It's not much worse than it is when I'm at home. Oh, it's like we we just don't even have a good perspective on how stressed we really are. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that's that's what Ben and I were talking about um, when we had been talking about some of these numbers uh, before starting here. Um, that idea that, yeah, I think likely that's being skewed slightly, I think, and that higher stress level at home than we were kind of expecting to hear out of that. Um, yeah, my guess is a lot of that is coming from stress from work mm-hmm. causing that stress at home would be my guess. Um that I mean, that's just based on my personal experience and talking with people that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's not a huge sample size, so I can't say for <laughs> sure. But that's that would be my guess with it. Um, yeah, I don't know, Jordan. What what do you feel like your stress levels are at work versus at home? <laughs> well, they're a lot better right now. Uh, the, <laughs> I mean, it, it it goes in cycles, and I I think that's the this is not like an easy thing to be consistent about mm-hmm. i think like everybody has you know like seasons or, or months on or off where you know life and work gets really busy versus a little slower paced um for me I, even just recently like kind of um learning that this this in it for my perspective learning that um this idea of like discipline and freedom going hand in hand Mm -hmm. was kind of a a novel concept for me. Um, For most of my life, I think I've considered free time as just like time without any sort of plans associated with it or Mm -hmm. responsibility that I had. And um, which wasn't necessarily downtime or restful. It was just Mm -hmm. what it ended up being was me just, spending time doing the most convenient thing versus something that was actually like restful and worthwhile for me to do. Yeah. Um, and so that's the, that's been a big kind of shift that I'm still like very much learning how to do. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I, I think, um, for me, at least what that's gotten down to is just, understanding that this is um 
that that balance has to be something you practice. It's not mm-hmm. like a, you're, you're never going to get to a point where you're just not so busy that you can just be free. Like the, right, there yeah. is always going to be something to do. And, you know, binge watching Netflix is not the same as, as rest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah and I, I don't want to derail us from this, this conversation, but that's definitely something that we've discussed before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think something, I think we're going to probably do a podcast on just dedicated to that idea of what is rest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know we've talked about that idea before, so we'll definitely circle back on that idea in the future. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I don't want to derail from this idea of, you know, work-life balance. Um, yeah. So I guess what do you guys, what do you see like your work-life balance is? Um, I mean, we kind of already said, Jordan, you said you're, you're working on getting better at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of said that it's not as great as it should be. Mm-hmm. Ben, what, what are you kind of feeling on that? And what, why do you say that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's a little different. Uh, I'm the only, I think I'm the only one of us three who's not like a salaried position. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's a little bit easier to leave work and just kind of leave work. But even that has gotten a little hazier in the last probably year since we started working from home. Um, where like I'll check email, um, do kind of just basically mundane things, um, outside of work, which I really probably shouldn't be doing, but it's not. It's still not like consuming me or anything like that, uh, but I, I honestly I do feel like I have a like good work life balance, and I I know part of that is it's an hourly position where I literally like show up to my job, log into work, sit down at my desk, and I clock out at a certain time every single day, and then it's just like all right I'm done with the day, yeah, um, and like I have been asked by like our management team if I would work like overtime, um. And I've done it, I think, a couple times total. And a lot of it is it's just I I know that if I start going down that road, I will like the like money aspect probably more. Um, yeah. And so that will not force me, but make me work more willing to work more hours. When in reality, I've done that before, and I don't want to go back to that spot. Um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, would more money be nice? Sure. But is it worth it for, like, my actual happiness? No. Um, but that's it definitely is something that took me time to realize what I needed um, and kind of where to draw those lines and understanding, yeah, it is okay to say no. Right, yeah. I think for me, too, that's, like, where it gets back into this idea of, like, discipline enables freedom concept, too, because the I think... Um, I mean, it's really easy to get into this mindset, whether it's like time or money of thinking that like having more of it means that you're better, like not Mm -hmm. just that you're better off, but that you're more able to accomplish what you want Right. when in reality you're, whether it's money. Okay. So you start making more money. Your lifestyle expands to fit that. Mm -hmm. Say you did have more time, you would fill it up with more stuff. It wouldn't be just like, Oh, suddenly I have all this free time. Mm -hmm. It's, it's more, I think valuable to, to learn how to, 
discipline for lack of a better word yourself within the kind confines of what you already have versus Mm -hmm. like striving to get more so that you're better off right yeah right yeah and i think like because that's the thing too i know even outside of work during the weekdays i'm still busy um i think i have two total nights that are quote-unquote free um out of the week but on weekends, I try to make sure that I have time to just relax, hang out, do whatever. Um, but I mean, even during the week, that can be hard. Mm-hmm. Even those nights that I have free, there's still times that I want to do something that I think is more quote unquote constructive when in reality, is it actually going to be constructive for me? Is, it, is, is that actually what I need? Is something I, I still always struggle with. Right, yeah. I think another interesting element of this is, you know, if somebody has multiple jobs and that's that's kind of mm-hmm. what's, you know, led me to realize that maybe I don't have the best work life balance because since I do have my full time job um, working for the event production company, but at the same time, I also work part time for our church mm-hmm. and just that reality of I'm working full time 40 hours a week and then on top of that putting in minimum of, you know, probably 15 hours a week. Um, with the church Um, and as those things start to add up and I do it because I love it Um, Mm -hmm. it's not something that I feel like I have to do Um, but there's a lot of people that really don't have that choice that they they have to have those multiple jobs um, just in another order to you know make it Mm -hmm. Um, and so I I think that's definitely a struggle when when you're in that position Um, like I said I mean I just have that small taste of it Mm-hmm. right now um and thankfully i do enjoy it but yeah that reality is, is that eats up so much time all of a sudden when you're you know adding all those extra hours in mm-hmm. um and yeah it becomes really hard to figure out how to still have that downtime um and rest um and while i think that idea of actually resting is important i'm at the same time too just like being able to just veg out and shut your brain off for a while is also really helpful mm-hmm. um, at times. And so, yeah, that's tough to do when you start adding in those other elements of stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that really stuck out to me in this was that 60% of the of people who took this survey said there was not enough hours in their day to complete their tasks. And I know we've talked about all this a little bit just outside of uh, podcasts, but... It's funny that that's a, that's a statistic and our like people that are like higher level in the company felt the exact same way when they were like at a lower level in that mm-hmm. same company. And, uh, and there, it always is a thing of, you're like, oh, well, if I get on up there, I would do stuff differently. But then when you get up there, you're like, it's not going to go differently because this is what I did to climb. Um, but I think it's interesting too because then somebody they said basically we would need an extra um, like hour in every day so it'd be like an extra like seven to eight hours a week is what people said they would need to actually complete all their tasks mm-hmm. but if you had that extra hour you would just fill it up with more tasks that you could be doing right. so likely yeah yeah I guess is in your guys' opinion have you guys ran into that where you feel like there's not enough hours in your day to complete your tasks I don't feel like I've really run into it. And I 
I love that argument because my rebuttal always towards that is you have the same number of hours in your day as Thomas Edison had, as Albert Einstein had. <laughs> like, there's people who did a lot of, you know, brilliant things and did a ton of work. They had the same amount of time in a day that you have. Mm -hmm. So it's not that you don't have enough time. It's just not managed properly, whatever that may be. Yeah, I mean, I can see that argument, but I don't know. I feel like you could counter that argument, too, with the amount of distractions we have introduced at work. Yeah, and I would argue that that's not managed properly. You're not managing that time properly. You're allowing yourself to be distracted. But a lot of the time, you can't actually, like, if somebody comes and asks me a question at work that's actually like a work-related question... I can't sit there and be like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you. I need to manage my time better. Like those are the types of distractions that we have in like an office setting that you you can't really manage that because it's still work related. And like a lot of times it could be like your boss or manager asking you to do something else too or work on another project, but you still have this other project to work on. This is actually like a a, a really interesting kind of point for me because this is. Um I was reading recently there was some senate committee back in the 60s that uh, about was basically forecasting with the like advances in technology technology meant that we would be um by this point or i think they they um projected by like the early 2000s we would be at a point where we were all working like 22 hours a week for like maybe 27 <laughs> mm-hmm. weeks out of the year just because everything so would become so convenient <laughs> and the when you know the reality we're all laughing at that because the reality is is that what technology has done has made us more accessible all the time so yes thomas edison albert einstein they also were not like having to answer emails constantly yeah um which is not again by themselves anyway right so which is getting to your point about like managing time that's um that's a that's I think maybe a more difficult prospect now than it was then, mm-hmm. but not less necessary. Like right. that's and and when I say like I guess when we're talking about like managing time, what jumps out for me is like yeah, how often are you making yourself accessible to other people, and that's and recognizing that that's a choice, mm-hmm. and that in some ways yeah, making yourself unaccessible is possibly going to be a little detrimental Mm -hmm. to maybe what you're like to your job like if your boss can't get a hold of you that's maybe not a great look Mm -hmm. but (laughs) also i mean is it reasonable for your boss to be able to get a hold of you all the time like 24 (laughs) hours a day that's not realistic Mm -hmm. right um so like for me one of the big things i've started doing is just uh one, I don't have email on my phone anymore, and I get that that's not necessarily like a possibility for everybody um, with the job they have. But that, and I also tend to like put my phone away like in a drawer for most mm-hmm. of the day. Um, so I just identify for me like identifying areas that are, to your point, Corin areas where I'm not disciplined and trying to get them Mm -hmm. like physically away from me as often Mm -hmm. as I can has been a big step. Yeah. 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 And we, uh, just recently at work, we were doing a show 
and they had some people on and they were talking about that idea of specifically like the work from home environment but just in general Mm -hmm. that idea of um being efficient with your time and you know being able to manage it well um and one of the things that they talked about um was what they called focus sprints and so it's like scheduling an hour where you say i'm going to turn off all email notifications i'm going to have no distractions that i'm going to work on this project i'm going to set my parameters of i want to finish x amount of this project whatever it may be mm-hmm. and then just spending that hour working on that and apparently this is like something that multiple corporations have done and like their like entire entire legal departments of companies and stuff even like pre-covid had like little signs that they would put up in their cubicles and say like focus sprint so that like if i'm on that like don't come talk to me mm-hmm. um and like and so oh, that's, that's uh, like obviously from the top has to institute that and right. say like this is a policy that we're putting in place if somebody's working during their focus sprint don't go bug them yeah um and so i think i think you're right ben um there's a lot more distractions mm-hmm. in today's world yeah. um and yes it becomes how to manage that and mm-hmm. how to not yeah detrimentally affect your job um and yeah. your <laughs> position within the company while managing those things um yeah. And that's something that I've actually started doing is if there's like a lot of work that I need to get done, um, I go into do not disturb and mm-hmm. every single person on our management team knows if I'm a do not disturb, that means like literally call me if something is breaking that like you need my help to fix it. Or like if you absolutely need me, like message me first because I see the message before I actually get the call notification. Um, but they also know that I'm not doing that to ignore everybody else. I'm doing that because I know that there's a ton of stuff I need to get done. Right. And if I don't do this, it's not going to get done in the time that it needs to get done. Um, so a lot of it is too, just like having, I guess you have to like get to know your management staff and like your people that are higher up than you. You have to like get to know them well. Um, so that way they know, one, they know your work habits, but two, they also trust that, if you're doing something like that, that they that you're not just doing it because you just don't want to help anybody else or you don't want to have like any like random questions, but that you're actually doing it because you need to do it to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to the credit, I think of a lot of companies out there, I think this is becoming a more recognized yep. thing that like, you know, 24 seven collaboration is not necessarily the best for overall efficiency mm-hmm. in and um satisfaction levels at work uh but yeah that corin when you had we were talking about um even just that idea of like being able to put up that like focus sprint sign that's like i i had read somewhere else too similarly that um i think like the number one indication of whether or not you're satisfied at your job is like has to do with the level of control you have over it Mm -hmm. essentially and that is i think like at its root if you get really down into it like a lot of that is just down to how many people are able to get in touch with me at any given point and ask me to do stuff for them Mm -hmm. and like and me feeling like i have to comply with that right yep yep um that may be a little different for some people, but that's definitely for mm-hmm. me, that's like a huge, and uh, you know, any job there, you need to have some 
level of availability. I'm not saying we we can all just shut ourselves away and it's okay. But like, I think what it gets to for me is that that idea of even within your job being very intentional about say like when you're going to answer emails, um, when you're going to be accessible to people is important, but also outside of that, being very intentional about this time is not for work right yeah like and whatever that looks like for you i mean but be intentional about Mm -hmm. it and say this is not work time work doesn't get me here right (laughs) yeah 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 and honestly so that actually kind of leads into like another like another thing that i wanted to talk about was like the stat that said 38 percent of people say they work too many hours Cause I, mm-hmm. I mean, you have talked about this a few mm-hmm. times. I think I've talked to Corn about it as well, but um, of just how I don't think like for me, 40 hours a week isn't too much, but what I would, I would be a hundred percent willing to work four 10 hour days and get three days off right? Yep. and work the eight hours a day. Yeah. Yep. Eight hours a day eight for uh, five days. But like, yeah, I guess, like, what is your guys' thoughts on that? Because I do know there are some companies that do that. Um, I know, like, Virgin is, like, the big one. Um, like, their CEO or owner basically said, like, yeah, if you want to, like, work four days a week or even three days a week, like, do it. You're still putting in your hours. Right. Um, so, it's like, what's your guys' thoughts on that? Like, would, would that be something you'd be more open to do? Um, if so, like, what do you think the benefit of that could be? And, like, the drawback. Yeah, I mean, I love that idea. Um, the There's definitely some areas where that would fit in a lot better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, the problem is, is to make that happen just in general in corporate America would be really tough to pull off because it would have to be all of corporate America essentially makes that shift. Mm-hmm. Because if you all of a sudden have half of your companies that you work with all of a sudden oh yeah we don't work on fridays because we give our people a three-day weekend Mm -hmm. and but they're working 10 hours a day the rest of the week well now maybe i work eight hours a day five days a week yeah i can't get a hold of anybody on that fifth day and maybe Mm -hmm. all of a sudden i'm getting contacted outside of my normal eight hours yeah the rest of the week so that it's really tough i mean just the logistics of trying to figure out how that would work that said i love the idea yeah me i would love to work four or five te- four ten hour days math is really hard um i'm gonna just blame the Corn beer hit the beer but, way too um, hard <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I would much rather do that you know work four ten hour days than five eight hour days and get myself a nice three-day weekend yeah and i think honestly one way you could probably do it and not have to change the entire structure of corporate america would be you don't not the entire corporate takes off like that friday like you could say, like some people get Friday, some people get Monday, right? Yeah. Just so that way, like there's people there. So if somebody needs contacted, they yep. you can still get contacted. It's just which side of the weekend right, yeah. you get the extra day. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think every, people would be on board for it because yeah. people don't want to work Fridays, they don't really want to work Mondays, so they'd be happy with one of the two. Right. Yep. I think. Yep. Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I I'm kind of with Corin on this. I I like the idea, and more I think importantly, and I think this is a little maybe easier to implement and something that's being recognized more is that when you're giving people control a, a little bit more control over their schedule 
they tend to be more responsible, not less. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm blanking on the actual like company name right now, but they've essentially like th- this was a fairly well known case where they just abolished the idea of like PTO. They said if you need to mm-hmm. take time, take it. And like the, and I don't know that this was necessarily a good thing, but the culture <laughs> of that like business turned into like a really like people were not taking any time off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you almost kind of like have to force people in certain cases. Like, no, you have to go, go take a vacation. Yeah. But, right. um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the underlying like fear of like an inefficient or unresponsible, um, unresponsible. Irresponsible. Yeah. Irresponsible. Yeah, Thank go. you. <laughs> Come on, lit major. Hey, I, I've been drinking too, engineer. <laughs> um, irresponsible, like workforce, is maybe less of a real concern than it than it seems mm-hmm. like it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean something. So for me, I, I made the shift a year ago. I was still an hourly employee working for one company because mm-hmm. of COVID, got laid off, and then moved to another company where I became a salaried employee. Mm-hmm. And that shift in mindset is huge. Um, and, and part of that is my um, you know, boss and uh, what expectations they're putting on me. Um, but for me, also now being salaried, it's that idea of here's the work that you need to get done. Mm-hmm. If it takes you only 35 hours this week, well, that's not the end of the world. We're paying you to get your work done. But, hey, if it takes you 60 hours to do your work this week, well, that's part of the deal. Right. Uh, and, and I, I kind of like that. Like, the idea of, here, here's the work that you're supposed to do. That said, being reasonable about it and being assigned work that should roughly put you at 40, but not being sticklers about, you know, very strict. And I think that was an interesting thing. I can't remember what the statistic was that you read off, um, but about um, feeling like their bosses are putting the pressure on them. Yeah, twenty five percent. Yeah, twenty five percent endure constant pressure from their boss. Right, and I think that's a huge element of that. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what the culture of your workplace yeah. is, and what those expectations are that your boss are putting on you? Like I've said before, I'm really lucky. I have an awesome boss that I've talked with him before, and he's made the comment, if this job is your entire life, there's something seriously wrong. Um, (laughs) We understand you have a personal life. You have other things that are going on, and we're happy to work around those with you because we want the best from you, and we know we're going to get the best from you if we're willing to work with you on some things. Yeah. And I I think that's an important thing to remember. And so those 25% that say that they're constantly getting pressure from their boss – to you know put in more time and all that like Mm -hmm. yeah that's really tough um right and that's something else that i mean there's no good way to fix that um Mm -hmm. but it's a realization that you know those bosses need to come to that if we're putting our people in those kinds of positions we're not going to get the best out of them right because they're just going to burn out i think too this is kind of goes hand in hand with that idea of like you know bosses worry about their workforce being inefficient but Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the flip side of that too is that um as like workers i think the assumption is that recognizing that like when you're asked to do something by someone you're working for generally speaking you're probably taking it with a lot more weight than they are and that they're 
probably far more open to the idea of you being like, okay, this is what's currently on my plate. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to do this and take on what you're talking about. So let's talk about priorities here. What like, let's be like, let's talk about what's Mm -hmm. realistic in this scenario. And the fact that like bosses rely on their workers to do that. They can't always be checking your pulse for how you're doing. And this is something that's come up for me a lot recently because my pattern of work um, in my previous job and, you know, at certain points in the one I'm in now has been like, just keep going until you burn out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's worse for like my boss is like, (laughs) please don't do that. (laughs) I need you to tell me when when you're getting like too overloaded with stuff Mm -hmm. so that I can like use you well. Yeah, you need to be an advocate for yourself. You, exactly. you need to be able to speak up. Um, and I understand, like, there, there's definitely those work cultures where it you don't feel comfortable <laughs> doing that. Yeah. But sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and say, well, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to say, here's the reality of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they need to know. Um, and, and likely, even if you feel a little nervous doing that in your work environment, likely your boss is, like Jordan just said, like, they're going to go, oh, well, yeah. You burning out is a terrible thing for us because then mm-hmm. we're losing you entirely as a worker rather right. than, yeah. oh, well, you're maybe having to cut back a little bit on some of the work that you're doing, some of what we're putting on your plate. And if you put yourself in their shoes too, I mean, somebody being like, say I had people working under me, like somebody who was good at doing that with me where they were not defensive about it, like you're running me ragged, but like the was good at showing me that they intentionally manage their time and the amount of stuff on their plate would right. be my response to that would be to rely on them more like oh, yeah. i would i would trust that person more yeah, exactly than someone who's just i don't know whether you know what i'm putting on your plate right now is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back and <laughs> right, they're just yeah. out of control yeah and i wonder too like of that 25 percent um that say that they endure constant pressure i because it doesn't in that article, they never once said they target a specific industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering too, because like as somebody who came from retail, how many of those 25 percent were like retail right, workers? Because yep. I there was times when I was working retail where I literally would have like my department was totally like there was literally nothing else I could do. It was everything was cleaned up, the back like room looked really good, like everything looked great. Um, and there was literally one time I put like my foot up on like a bench for literally like two seconds just to like relax a little bit. And uh, my manager was like going up an escalator, looks down and he's like, comes over his radio. Hey, you need to be doing something. And I was like, there's literally nothing for me to do. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want me to do? Um, and I, I do know that ha- you tend to see micromanagement more in retail, Yeah, which I get because you do it you tend to have a younger people that are working for you. So you do kind of have to micromanage a little bit. Um, but that is like one thing I've noticed since I've gone out into corporate America of like, it's a lot, at least the company I'm at is a lot more hands off uh, where they like back and forth communication, um, which is something that I just wasn't used to. Mm-hmm. And so it did take me like a good, like six months to a year of, Right. Understanding, yeah, I can tell them no, mm-hmm. um, or I can tell them like what's going on, or um, like voice my frustration with them, 
and to not let it boil up and boil up to a point where I'm just like, this sucks. I can't do anything anymore. Like I'm so mad at X, Y, and Z that's going on. Um, and like being able, I, I talked to my department head about that once. I was just like, I literally had gotten myself to a point where I was just like, just about to lose it. And, uh, she was like, yeah, you need to not do that anymore. Like if you're having like issues with, uh, either coworkers or like with what we're asking of you, like, let us know. Because again, like what you guys have both said is it's way worse for somebody to be at that point where you're just like broken mm-hmm. because then you, your work is going to be so poor. Like your performance is poor. Um, and they don't want that either. Right. Yeah, that's that idea of like personal ownership, even of like your time and what you're responsible for is that's like an, that's a, a little bit of a not natural mindset for me, but that's reality. I mean, nobody is going to make you rest right? like mm-hmm. and no one is going to make you find balance in your life like you have to choose to do it mm-hmm. and it's actually beneficial. It, it makes you a better worker. Uh, this is like the the few steps this direction I've taken. Like, it makes it it improves both your work and your personal life on mm-hmm. when you're doing this well, right. and um and it's not your boss's responsibility to make sure you're doing it. Yeah, then mm-hmm. they don't have time either. They're they're working on their own work life. <laughs> really, yeah, they don't have time to make sure you're doing it. So like, in I, I mean. The best bosses I've had have been, you know, aware of what's going on with me. They ask questions and things like that. But so it's not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's not my boss's job to make sure that I'm not getting overloaded. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess before we keep going, I just want to talk about the beer a little bit. It's been about 40 minutes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's fairly warm right now at this point. I've drank almost yep. all of it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, still not super hoppy, even though it's a seventy, yeah. which is very striking to me. Yep. Um, there is more vanilla as mm-hmm. it warmed up. You, but you still get some of the strawberry on the back side or on the front side. Yep. Um, yeah, like this is honestly, it's really good. Um, I never thought I'd ever say that about an IPA. This actually, it's Look it's really bad. We found one that Ben likes. I found one. I was gonna say Ben picked ben. it out. That's probably why he likes it. <laughs> but um. Yeah. Ten dollars to myself. You know, <laughs> totally agree. Um, yeah, it's a good one. I, I was surprised. Yeah, we're sitting about little over forty minutes that we've had it open for now, um, and yeah, so it, it's definitely getting a little bit warmer. Definitely, I would f- say in that range where most of those IPAs are going to start falling apart. Yeah, um, it's getting a little bit more of that um, almost acidic that you kind of mm-hmm. get of an IPA as it warms up would be kind of my best way to describe it um but it's not bad mm-hmm. um as not, it gets to this point like like that fad the fad was yeah yeah and it's not developing that kind of like filminess that, right. that yep. ipas yep. get sometimes when they get warmer too it's um yeah it's still overall i mean mine's not like it's not anywhere near room temperature yet mm-hmm. but right. the um yeah, it, it's still it, it's interesting to me because I'm not the the strawberry and hoppiness are almost kind of canceling themselves out a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it doesn't have it's much smoother than most IPAs I'm, I'm right. used to. Right. 
So if that's which I, I think some people would probably like. Um, mm-hmm. I like the I like the hoppiness. I like the more mm-hmm. kind of bitter biting. Yeah, yeah IPA, somebody like me who's trying to get into IPAs. This would yep. be this would honestly be a good, good starter. Good starter. This is a really good starter. Yeah. We we said the same thing about the fad at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but quickly fell apart. Um, this is a good one all the way through. I would say. I mean, yeah. obviously, we're gonna keep talking for a while, and we'll let it warm up some more and see if it actually does fall apart as it gets a little bit warmer. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it's that vanilla. I think that's the trick to an IPA. Yeah, if, you if want it has some vanilla warm, in there, something it holds itself yeah. up. Whether it's vanilla or something that just inherently has more flavors, it right? Yep, is probably what you have to throw in. Yeah. So, if you don't mind, I, w- I kind of want to dive into this idea of work-life balance with working from home. Um, yeah. Because that's been a big shift just in this last year for majority of everyone. Um, you two are both consistently working from home mm-hmm, are not going mm-hmm. into the office i i'm kind of a hybrid model back and forth so i, I guess You're for you guys I, you, you know, <laughs> he's um, a hand model yeah, obviously <laughs> you, know? you don't want to see this face um but yeah. he's got a, he's got a podcast basically. <laughs> exactly i do <laughs> um as do we all uh, not bad not bad but um anyway uh i obviously like i said started a new job in the midst of all this, uh, you guys were both in these jobs pre-COVID. We're working out of the office. You had, you know what that was like, and then made that shift to working from home. So how has that work-life balance shifted for you guys in that difference between when you had going into the office and then coming home at the end of the day versus you're sitting in your room working and the same place that you're living? Yeah, so, I mean, for me... Um when we started working from home, I was living with my cousin and my sister. Um, so when we started working from home, I hated it. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> because I would sleep in the room that I was working in. I would get off of work. I would literally roll my ch- desk chair back. And I would go and put it into another part of my desk to then play video games at the same spot. I, like, never left my room because I just didn't, like, need to slash want to. Um... And it's not because I hate those people that I was living with. It's because I just literally, if I didn't have something to talk about, I wasn't going to get out of my room. Um, but since living here, like as that went on, it got, it got better where I started preferring working from home because I could like listen to music all the time. I didn't have people constantly coming to my desk to ask me questions, whether work or non-work related. Um, and for me, it was a lot. I could limit a lot of distraction. Um, but now like living with you two guys... It's been super cool, especially the last few months where I've started to game a lot less, where it's like, I get off of work, I now can like come down here and just hang out, and once one of you guys eventually comes into like the living room, have genuine conversation. Um, so for me, it's been a lot easier since living here, where I'm a people person, and that was something I absolutely hated about working from home, was I had no interaction with anybody except for the same two people, and it would... It, bugged the crap out of me because I was like I need to have people to energize but now I'm like really noticing a huge shift in that of I don't think I actually want to go back to the office I think I want to stay working from home part of that is the distraction level but also because I just I feel like I'm just more efficient in general Mm -hmm. uh, working from home but you feel like that work-life balance like there has there been a big shift really at all I don't think I mean at the beginning there was because we also had like people furloughed um, so basically I was working as much as I had to, to get stuff done. Okay. Um, 
And now, like, they, I mean, we still have overtime opportunities now, but I'm just not taking them because I am, like, redrawing that line. Um, and they, like, my management staff knows that, and like, I have talked to them about it, of how, like, I'm, I'm genuinely busy most weeknights. Um, mm-hmm. So there's only two weeknights you ever have a shot to have me work, like, extra hours. And that is only if I don't already have plans for that particular weeknight because. Every, like everybody that I'm friends with knows these are the two nights I have open. So if you want to hang out or like go do something, mm-hmm. those two nights, unless you want to wait till the weekend. Yeah. Um, similar for me. I think the biggest change was just that the, like the physical act of like going into an office mm-hmm. was sort of a set routine um, that helped me like mentally transition to and from work. And mm-hmm. that going away was a little bit of, um, a a challenge at first um but I mean frankly that's that's easy enough to kind of like recreate it looks a little different for me now but I still Mm -hmm. have like have figured out kind of a routine for this is how I start work ideally this is how I finish work (laughs) sometimes that's you know like it, it usually ends up with like reading or actually like leaving my room like Ben's talking about um and then uh, the other big one for me has just been like physically putting my phone in a different room while I'm working mm-hmm. has helped kind of like distinguish that time for me as well. Um, recognizing though too, that like, you know, we don't have kids running around here. That's like right. that. I think that's different for most people right. from the distraction standpoint that mm-hmm. like work is actually, like an office is a place where there are fewer distractions yep, maybe yep. than, than your house. Um, and I guess at, to that, again, I would say it, it, it's maybe, I mean, hopefully it's not, you, you have someone else there that you can kind of work with to like find the time you need. Um, mm-hmm. And I know this, this sounds a little paradoxical, but it, it's almost like, I, I would say the busier I get, the the more essential I've found it to be really, really intentional about what I'm doing when I'm not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that looks like a, it, it's definitely easier when you have just a set, like I'm working from, you know, eight to six or whatever, just like a set number of hours. This part of my day is work. And that, you know, when you don't have that or when you have kids you have to take care of in the middle of that, that can mm-hmm. get really jumbled and right. um, messy. Mm-hmm. But in in that case, I would almost say then double down on the times that you know you can control that aren't going to be work and make mm-hmm. sure you're being intentional about those. Mm-hmm. Right. There is like another aspect of this I actually want to hit on. Um, it got brought up by actually one of my managers when I was talking to him on Tuesday night that we were going to record on Tuesday night of this week, which we actually did not. Um, but hopefully he's not listening. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, like what it ends up being was he had pointed out something to me that I like know in myself, um, but didn't really, I even honestly still now it's hard for me to like, figure out a way to work around it um, or to not do it as often. Um, But as it goes into the statistic that I have on here of 33% of people say they work too hard at their job. And the thing he had brought up to me was that 
I get frustrated with my coworkers' work habits of I am very much a person who like if I'm at work, I'm like head down, I'm working, just gonna work my tail off, um, and I like, get everything done that I'm supposed to. I'm gonna be doing everything that I'm supposed to. Um, just because I wanna be like a quote unquote good employee. Um but that is something that I do notice with people on my team of like being in statuses they probably shouldn't be in or like doing things they like shouldn't be doing when there's things that I know they could be doing that would actually like help out like a service level number or help us hit a certain metric. Um, and like that's where I get very, very frustrated in my day because I like I know I'm sitting here working like my tail off to try to help us hit like all these metrics and then having team members who like, in my opinion, aren't like pulling their weight. Um, like that's something that like bugs me a lot. Um, but it never like, it's not ever to the point where it's like, I am putting pressure on like those employees to work harder. It's just something that internally I get frustrated with. And I just like let myself sit there and like in that frustration. Um, but I think it's interesting that 33% of people say they work too hard. Because to me, like that's something you have all the control over, of how hard you want to work. And I would be really curious, like what people's definitions of working too hard would be, if it's actually working too hard, where you're like physically exhausted at the end of the day, you just don't want to do anything else, uh, but basically go to sleep. Uh, which I mean, if you have a physically demanding job, I could see that. But if you're in like a corporate setting and you're like sitting down at a desk all day and you get done, and you're like. I mean, I just want to go to bed. I just worked my. I just worked way too hard today. Um, like that's kind of more of a. Are you working too hard or working too much? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a an interesting distinction. Um, I mean, there's a couple different things there, but like the I I think one recognizing like there's there is a mental exertion that like mm-hmm. that's a real thing. Right. Yeah. And yes, it's not you know. Well, would it be working too hard in that sense, or would it be your stress level is very high? Yeah, but I mean, generally speaking, stress level is an, is is a um, symptom of something, not like a root cause. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There's a. I mean, when you're putting in mental effort into something, I mean, it can be physically draining. Right. So I, I guess my my only point there being that like I, I think like working too much and too hard might the lines between that are kind of blurred for me, I guess, a okay. little bit where yeah. you're the way I'm reading that stat that you just put there is is more this idea of like feeling like they can't actually move like actually cut themselves off from work at any given point or things are or bad things will happen which is usually a little more in our heads than than in reality i think we all tend to think of ourselves as maybe a little more essential to to, i left work the whole place would fall apart. exactly right and (laughs) which is is generally not the case people are adaptable and they find ways to soldier on without you but um i what you're talking about though just in terms of like with your your co-workers though i mean that there's kind of like two sides to that where it's like, yes, I think there's 
a way that we can all sort of intentionally invest in the culture of like our team and our work that that mm-hmm. like encourages a more team based atmosphere where people are like are thinking about their actions not just in terms of like what do I want to do right now but how is this affecting a team that I'm on mm-hmm. and on the flip side of that it gets back in a little bit into like what we've been talking about with like some of our political conversations and stuff you you just can't control other people right mm-hmm. like you just can't but I want to <laughs> and you can't control what they think or how they work or what like it just doesn't yeah right yeah you can put forth the effort that you're going to put forth mm-hmm. right and show your bosses what you can do and yeah your coworkers, you you really have no control over them it's up to your bosses to decide if they're somebody that they're put they feel like they're putting forth enough effort or mm-hmm. if they aren't then hopefully those bosses are having a conversation with those people but that's yeah. not really something that you as a fellow coworker, can really control at all right and and recognizing too that like you so it meaning that like so you can't control other people you can only control yourself but that also means being realistic about your own limitations yep and and not necessarily buying into this scenario of like well they're not pulling their weight so i have to pull their weight for them kind of thing and and say like no this is where my limits are Mm mm-hmm and if that's creating a gap, then we need to look at this all like together as a team, which right. hopefully, you know, managers do that. But like that, recognizing that it's not necessarily like it's still a choice to take on extra burden that mm-hmm. you feel other people are not shouldering and mm-hmm. stress out about it. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that's probably where my biggest problem is, is like I see that happening and I'm like, well, it's not going to get done if nobody else does it. So I'm just going to just like really put my head down and just go. Um, and I, that's a lot of, probably a lot of where my frustration is. It's like, well, we need to, we need to have these certain numbers at the end of the day. Like I'm going to try to make sure our team gets to that point. Um, and so it's like, all right, I'm just going to do like everything that I can to like get this thing done and then some to make sure it gets done. Um, which is like not a good place to be at, but it's something that I, I have noticed that over the last few months and it's something I've really like started to work on um, of making sure that I don't burn myself out of work because if I do mm-hmm. that, it's just not going to be good for anybody. Um, but yeah, I guess that's probably like the more, like a better way to explain it is it's just like, it's, it's not like I'm frustrated with them. It's that I'm frustrated because I'm then putting pressure on myself to take, like pick up what I think is like their slack. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, like, I mean, yeah, they could be working as hard as they can. Um, but I just like, haven't thought of it that way. Are, are we putting bed on the couch? <laughs> I think we're putting bed on the couch. I'm on the wrong couch. <laughs> you guys need to switch spots. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I, I think that's like a larger issue though, too, is we like culturally we've started like equating busyness with value. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't like... I I would I, I'm just bluntly coming out and say like that's stupid. Yep. <laughs> that's yeah. Not. Yeah. In today's culture, the, the amount of work that you can put out is what your value is, and and while I think there is value to a work ethic and working mm. hard, it's not everything. Yeah. 
this is maybe like a, a different podcast too, but say. just like talking like a lot of that, I, I'm interested in, we had kind of touched on earlier, this idea of maybe like a generational difference in, in how work-life balance is viewed. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the younger, like younger, and when I say younger, like 30 and lower people I talk to. So not you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is, I think, like a generational difference in, in how work ethic is viewed mm-hmm. yeah. from this idea of like I'm a better whole more holistic person when that balance exists versus maybe an older generation mindset of you work until work is done mm-hmm. and then you get to play and I, there are kind of like benefits I think and dangers right. to both but mm-hmm. um, it, taking I, either to the extreme is is a problem it, it's finding the balance between those two right taking it to the extreme of well i have to have my own life and i can't you know tie myself down to work and so therefore i'm just gonna do just enough to get by and just mm-hmm. do a little yeah that's problematic but at the same time going the opposite direction if i'm going to kill myself by putting in six ten hour days plus maybe more mm-hmm. you know yeah because that's what has to be done to get the work done. Well, yeah, that's also problematic. And it's not enough to get work done. Is right. The problem right. is like yeah. that work is never done. Yeah. Work will Ever. always be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You will always find more that you could actually do. Right. Yep. If you all of a sudden have quote unquote free time. Right. Like with your day. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's, it's finding that balance between those two kind of ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately don't have a great answer, but you know. Yeah. And I mean, it's something it's, I don't think there is like an actual answer. No. Um, it's something that it's going to be unique for each person, what they have exactly. to do to find like a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like, I hope that this conversation is like help people that are listening just like have, like try to have an understanding or to have a drive to search for what it is that can help you like find and sustain a like positive work-life balance for you if that is something you're struggling with yeah i'm sure this is a topic we'll kind of revisit like on mm-hmm. sort of like the mental health yep umbrella mm-hmm. like from yeah, a few different angles a... as we go on but yeah. yeah yeah so before we actually wrap wrap up um final thoughts on beer i actually drank my whole thing so that's a win for me. This is a big moment for Benny. Drink a full IPA. I know. It was good. I, I'm i really happy that I ended up getting that one. Um, yeah, it was really yeah. well done. Dangerous Man so far is one for one. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a great beer. Quite enjoy it. And again, like we said, I mean, my IPA got not quite to room temperature, I wouldn't say, but mm-hmm. pretty close. And yeah. It's still held it's still up, fine. which yeah. is rare for an IPA. Um, yeah. Like I said, I think it's that vanilla. Yeah. I think that's what did it. Yeah, no, I, I really liked it. Um, again, not not maybe my go-to style of IPA, mm-hmm. just in terms mm-hmm. of like the actual hoppiness taste and, right, yeah. and bite to it, but still really, really good. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, it does, it, it's kind of like almost right on the line with like a sour for me, which yep. I, yeah. I actually like, I, I yeah. think it has a little bit more of that, like fruity earthiness yep. to mm-hmm. it that you kind of get with sours sometimes that, um, was, yeah, it's a plus for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I was going to say something, and I just completely blanked. So we're just going to blame the beer again. But <laughs> it's always a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I I agree. Yeah, it was a great beer. Um, I think. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Hmm. The name was point spot on. I mean, at the yeah. beginning, you got that strawberry, um, and, and the and the back end had that very like milkshake. Like it, it lived up to its name mm-hmm. as it warmed up. Yeah, I I feel like it turned in a little bit more of like a cider slash sour yep. kind of idea of that. Like you, you had that strawberry um, and kind of that tartness of mm-hmm. it, um, but the vanilla still kind of was there again on the back end. Um, but yeah, felt a little bit more like a sour or something like that to me mm-hmm. at the end. So, yeah. So, uh, in the next few weeks, we're actually going to be probably drinking more dangerous, man. Um, we have a wide gamut. Uh, we are actually going to be venturing away from stouts for a while. Um, there is still one stout from Dan. I think it's a stout from dangerous man that I did pick up. Um, but otherwise we're going to be trying like a wide variety of stuff. There's a sour in there. There's a Belgian in there. Um, there's some more IPAs. So yeah, there's, it's a wide gamut of stuff that we have. So I'm actually really excited, especially with this. It started off really well yeah. um, with Dangerous Man. But again, if you guys have any suggestions on like topics or uh, beer or whiskey or cider or any like mixed drink even. Um, Which we might be diving into here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So. I, just send us a recommendation. Um, it's SocietyReborn2020 at gmail.com. Uh, But yeah, thanks for tuning in this week and uh, have a good rest of your week.